0: 15 minutes it is before 8 p.m. We'll kick things off by taking a look at uh, how the markets fared today. And I'm joined uh, to take a look at the big stories in the world of business by Head of Research at Benguela Global Fund Managers. And that's Carl Gevers. Carl, good evening to you and welcome. And uh, I must say, compliments of the new year. Yeah,
1: good evening. Uh, Yeah, thanks for having me on your show. And yeah, uh, yeah, it feels like the year has been going for some time now already, eh?
0: I can imagine. I can imagine. Thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us. Big story of the day, certainly coming out of the central bank today. And uh, I was saying earlier on to my colleagues that I certainly side with the two members of the Monetary Policy Committee uh, who proposed a 25 basis point reduction in the prime lending rate. But uh, it seems they were outvoted by the other three uh, who held a view that uh, rates must be kept on hold.
1: Yeah, so um, it it was again a split decision. and, uh, I mean, the market was, was expecting, expecting, um, for, for them to, to hold the, the rate where it is as, as a result was. Um, and I think primarily because inflation is, is still very well in, in, you know, within the, in fact, that uh, probably towards the lower end of the, the, the band, um, at three, 3.3% in 2020. Um, and the expectation for 2021 is, is 4%. So no threat of inflation. Um, And then the RAND, uh, we've seen the RAND strengthen also quite nicely, and with uh, the the extensive U.S. uh, stimulus causing a weak dollar. So those two elements would have certainly um, motivated the hold. Um, The one that, as you mentioned, uh, could motivate a cut is the um, economic recovery that's under pressure with the second wave that we've seen, Um, and, and certainly would be good for some relief for customers and businesses to to have a bit uh, of a uh, uh, relief in terms of their their funding cost, um, but yeah, I think uh, it might be a case where you know they they they're keeping it in the back pocket for for potentially uh, cutting in, in the next cycle.
0: Now, Carl, we know. I mean, there's a few considerations that go into. Um, you know, making this kind of decisions. They look at administered prices, they look at, um, you know, uh, uh, exchange rates and, uh, uh, of course, the Brent crude oil price and where all of that is. Uh, uh, What do you make of how that factored into this this decision with where the RAND is, with where the oil price is, um, and, of course, the expected path for administered prices like electricity, water, and everything else? Yeah, I mean, look,
1: I mean, the the expectation in terms of inflation... Is, is a mere 4% for 2021. So I, I, I certainly don't think there's in the near term, um, much of an inflationary, uh, uh, threat. Um, the RAND, I think also while it's, it's strong, um, given the, the weaker dollar, I think it might be a case of, of just, uh, uh keeping rates where they are while we can, um, and potentially have, uh, keep, keep, Keep a cut uh, for for later in, 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 the, in the first half of the year. I, I'm I'm pretty sure there will be a, a cut in, in in the first half. Um, but yeah, I think for now uh, the the elements that would uh, cause a, um, a cut mm-hmm. to be to be required aren't, aren't quite there in totality.
0: Okay. All right. Carl, I want us to pause here for a second and uh, take a quick spot break. When we come back, we'll take a look at uh, some of the retail uh, sales data that came out uh, for the month ending in November 2020. And it seems, yeah, Black Friday didn't bring, I guess, uh, all that uh, it had promised, uh, what with COVID-19 in 2020. And we'll also take a look at uh, wine exports for 2020, which, despite the lockdown ban, uh, increased 7.7%. We'll continue with Carl after this. Nine minutes it is now before 8pm and uh, for our wrap of the top business stories uh, today we have the head of research at Benguela Global Fund Managers, Carl Givers, speaking to us uh, this evening and uh, giving us the latest in the marketplace. Now Carl, I want us to take a look at retail for a second. Um, it seems that uh, from the data for the three months uh, to the end of November 2020, uh, we certainly don't see Black Friday making the kind of impact uh, that we've become so familiar with and uh, uh, d- doing Little to nothing to salvage, I guess, uh, the sinking retail sales numbers.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly uh, I think Black Friday was was a bit of a dud this year, given the the circumstances, and and the numbers do show it. Um, So November sales were 4% lower um, compared to the same month last year. Um, So certainly, uh, and that's, you know, like outside of... uh, you know, there were no lockdowns really in, in November. It is purely that the consumer is under pressure. So, um, yeah, the retail sales certainly struggling. Uh, consumer is quite weak. And I think what, what really shows is the uh, specific category categories that are under pressure. You know, other, other items like jewelry and so on down 26 percent uh, clothing. Also, the discretionary element um, that, that's really under pressure um whereas on, on the positive side we we've seen um uh things like d i y or you know hardware um actually doing uh, being quite strong um as people maybe focus their their finances on 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 the more important areas in their life
0: no 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 i i guess i mean at the time, a lot of people were making, uh, you know, a lot of suggestions that people were going in there trying to buy durable goods, um, you know, and uh, probably not spending as much, I guess, on on the fast-moving consumer goods. Uh, Did we see that coming through in some of the retail sales data? Um, yeah, I mean, I think if
1: I if I look at, um, you know, this week we had some numbers coming out uh, from the retailers, um, and actually, uh, like a TruWitz for example, had, had quite a strong run. On the back of slightly improving uh, sales compared to what uh, the market was expecting, um, so yeah, I think you know, I think November in, in particular was was compared to last November was certainly uh, significantly down. Um, so and across all the, the retailers, Black Friday sales were weaker than than the prior year, given also the footfall um, that that isn't there, given the social distancing element was before, you know, you could crowd um, everybody into into the store. So I think it was just, uh, besides the consumer being weak, also a, a scenario of um, people staying away from, from the bricks and mortar stores.
0: Mm, mm, mm. It's quite an interesting one. And uh, I guess if we think about this also in the context of muted consumer demand in the economy, I mean, we saw in the manufacturing numbers uh, that had come out a few weeks ago, uh, a big chunk of, I guess, the capacity underutilization that we see at a factory level, having to do with, I guess, weak uh, uh, or insufficient demand.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, um, after a bit of pent-up demand that we saw, um, especially in, in the in the food and and so on, um, I think a lot of, even from what I've heard, is a lot of the the food producers' facilities, uh, warehouses are full, and uh, they've actually had to hold back on on production, and, and that certainly. Um, demand that that's not uh, not there. So I think uh, at the, end of the day, definitely a weak consumer, and, and it'll probably continue um, as you know a lot of people um, realise the second wave, also putting them under pressure and so on.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, and of course, if we have multiple waves, Carl, it certainly does make uh, that picture a lot worse. Uh, but uh, let, let's stay in the retail sector for a second. Yeah, I want to hear your views on uh, what's been happening with ginger prices now a lot of people I guess in the concoctions they put together uh, would mix together mllonyane, ginger, garlic and uh, all manner of other things and it seems uh, that uh, you know uh, ginger prices per kilo are coming in uh, at levels that I guess are startling many consumers I mean around you know 350 uh, rand or so per kilogram at some of our retailers Uh, and uh, I guess um, this might be on the back of supply conditions for the seasonal crop
1: Yeah, I mean, ginger as a commodity, you know, to be honest, I I can't claim to have ever really looked at the price (laughs) when I I bought it because it's such a small um, element. Yeah, nobody uh, buys a kilo, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, I mean, certainly demand has has picked up, and not just in South Africa, but globally. I mean, China has also had a a spike in demand, and and particularly for... um, the, the health reasons and the immune boosting characteristics that it, it uh, uh, supposedly has, um, so it's, it's not just local demand that's pushing up prices, it's also the global uh, demand. And, and South Africa is a, a net importer of, of um, ginger, so, so the, the weaker rand, the, the also a lower local supply in, in, in the recent months, um, as well as local demand increase have led to to the pricing i mean more than doubled in recent months, and we've even had uh i mean the competition tribunal even got involved last year um with a, a pricing issue with food lovers market um so yeah i mean there's a a global problem uh but we've seen a lot of the the food or agri commodities um really having strong rallies um maize um soybeans so um, I think ginger being another one, is probably a bit more dramatic in terms of pricing.
0: But, but what's happening there? I mean, you, you make example of um, sort of maize. Uh, a lot of people who know something about the sector are telling us to anticipate a bumper harvest. Uh, uh, what implications is that going to have, I guess, uh, for food prices in general? We know maize is not only just a staple, but a major, I guess, uh, feedstock into the poultry value chain and other value chains as well.
1: Yeah, it'll have a it'll have a big impact on on uh, food uh, price, you know, production uh, costs. Um, like as you mentioned, for feed, you know, chicken feed, um, soybeans and maize form a big portion of that. So um, it it certainly will bring some pricing pressure. And uh, I mean, the the reason why it, it sounds you know it sounds a bit odd that we're having a bumper harvest and and yet um, the, the maize price is is quite high. Um, it's also again the, the international or the global environment where the maize price is high so um it, it then reverts to to export parity um if we are if we export for that year so then local prices do do go up
0: mm. and and i mean just in general i guess uh, uh, these are one would think some of the issues that uh, as we think about successive waves of this uh, virus that might uh, either be potential reprieve for consumers or I guess uh, when it comes to certain product lines uh, are probably a bit of a challenge.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's almost scary if one thinks there'll be another wave, but uh, the likelihood is, is quite high given that, you know, our vaccine rollout is also going to be uh, slower than, than uh, you know, other countries. Um, and it takes a while. So um, we probably have 2021 to still um, contend with in terms of getting, getting more waves. Um, so yeah, I mean it. It certainly, I mean, the, the supply chains get impacted. Um, the the actual production gets impacted. So all of those are actually elements that that push up the cost. Um, and and then uh, generally, I think we'll we'll see at least in in terms of food, we we probably see some price increases uh, in, in this year.
0: Yeah. And then, Carl, I mean, what do you make of uh, wine exports in 2020? I mean, we, we heard, I think, earlier on this week of a court challenge by a few family owned farms in the Western Cape uh, taking the government to court for the lockdown. Uh, and uh, I guess it's effective prohibition uh, of the operations of uh, some of these entities. But it seems the export market uh, continues uh, to imbibe South African wine. Yeah, I mean, I, I
1: was quite surprised by the export numbers, uh, you know, in terms of. Of, uh, rand, uh, value export, um, they were up 7.7%. Um, volume marginally up, I guess, because uh, the, the rand would have weakened, uh, over, over, the last year. Um, but I think, uh, quite a reasonable, um, you know, number, but I think there was also a very good harvest. So, um, they did produce a lot more, um, after a comparative comparable 2019 where they were under pressure in terms of uh, production and volumes. Um, So yeah, I mean, bottom line is uh, they did make a plan and then get uh, significant exports out um, with the UK, Netherlands, US all all growing. Um, But they certainly are under pressure with the, the local alcohol sales ban. Um, And on top of that, if you look at the wine industry, there's a big tourism element to it as well. Um, that, that's uh, obviously suffering. So, at least uh, the wine side export is working. But uh, I think, in terms of the, the tourism element, uh, certainly under huge pressure. Um, mm. And they are quite a, a big employer, the industry direct, directly employing about 300,000 uh, people. So, um, it's not an industry that one can just uh, ignore. It is quite significant sure, sure. To, to, to the economy.
0: So, so, Carl, one of the things you were saying was that, I guess, even with the lockdowns we saw last year, that the industry was still able, I guess, on the tradable and export side of things to still service some of their markets. We've heard of some challenges around storage uh, uh, of the wine in the country and the implications that a glut in that space has, and not just for the domestic market, but for, for the export market as well. What is the likelihood that we'll even with the lockdowns and the current lockdown that we're in that we'll see the same kind of export performance uh what with all of those operational challenges for the sector
1: yeah i mean uh, to be honest i'm i'm not uh not too sure how the you know the the industry works in in detail but i'm I'm sure that the export element will probably continue to grow as much as it it can um especially if the the local environment is weak uh with with these uh Bans in in terms of alcohol sales or distribution. Um, so I think the avenue that that is still open is is the export uh, uh, market. I mean in terms of uh, capacity, I'm not too sure um, how easy it is to to grow. Um, but uh, I think certainly the the global the brand of of the selection wines is actually quite uh, well sought after internationally. So um, with a slightly weaker rand also. And making
0: us a lot more competitive. Sure. Carl, we're going to have to leave it here, but uh, as always, a pleasure catching up with you and uh, wish you and uh, your team there at Benguela uh, all of the best in 2021. We certainly hope that it's uh, going to be a better year on the economic front, uh, but uh, yeah, I guess the virus decides whether or not that happens. But thank you very much for your time. Cool, pleasure. That there was Carl Gevis, he's the head of research at Benguela Global Fund Manager speaking to us this evening for our wrap of the top business stories we're going to take a quick break now when we come back we reflect on the life of jackson and tim stay tuned